now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Hello! This is a podcast. Uh, the Rutledge. That's what they call it on the streets and on their podcast apps. Um, I'm in my car. I mean, my mobile studio. Uh, <clears throat> just talking into my earbud shitty headphones right now, so I apologize about the sound quality. But, uh, kind of a packed weekend. So, uh... I'm recording. I'm getting in where I fit in. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? As I get older, I want to be one of those guys who just says a nonsense phrase and everyone's like, he's fun. Hey, I get in where I fit in. Ha <laughs> ha! You staying out of trouble? Ha <laughs> ha! Not me! Woo! Fun old guy coming through. Uh, I just did a show in... Uh, Stanwood, Washington. I didn't really know where that was either. Um, I always wonder where, like, a real basic-ass town name like Stanwood. I bet it's, like, a real boring... There's a lot of Indian names here in the Northwest. A lot of, like, Native American names. I'm just driving past the Tulalip Casino. But Stanwood, that's just some dude named Stan who knocked up a lady with his wood. Come on, I get in where I fit in. You know what I mean? Working hard or hardly working over there. Fun old guy coming through. Uh, it was fun, man. It was a fun. I, I, it was, uh, originally it was going to be outside. They saw it was going to rain. That was smart. It did rain. Um, but, uh, we were in a garage um, a very nice garage. It's a great place to catch COVID. That's what I thought when I was there. It's more of a shop than a garage. They had a scale. Like, as you walked in, there was a scale, like, for humans. Like, a scale. Like, the big-ass kind that you see at the doctor's office. And I guess, uh, they had Stanwood High School wrestling practice in there. Uh, for a while during coronavirus, which sounds bad, but, uh, but yeah, just, I don't know. Seeing a scale never puts me in a good mood. You're never like, oh, they have a scale? Even those ones you pay money for in, like, a, a bathroom. Like, who's doing that? Who's paying money to see how much they weigh? I don't want a scale. I don't want a scale at a garage comedy show, like, what am I going to weigh in before and after two hot dogs? No, thank you. But it was fun. Uh, I mean, there was probably 30 people there. So it actually kind of felt... It was a big-ass, boomy room. Uh, we actually ended up hooking up a wireless speaker to my karaoke machine. Not a wireless speaker. A wireless microphone to my karaoke machine. Uh, to make it happen, because they had a sound system, but it was, like, super echoey. Um, whenever it's a karaoke setting, it might be great for, uh, belting out your favorite T-Swift song, but not good for comedy, comedy, comedy. Uh, so when I get there, I say, I say, uh, I says to the lady, I said, come on, I get in where, um, I said, hey, uh, how long are you thinking for a show? Do you want an hour? You know, they paid me some decent money. I'll do an hour. 
I ended, I did an hour and 17, which is a little excessive. Uh, she's like, yeah. I said, what about content? Do you want me to be clean? Do you care? She's like, it's all adults, whatever. She'd seen me before. Uh, and then she was like, well, one thing, please don't, <laughs> please don't do any jokes about little people. Cause my friend is here. What if, we, what if her friend wasn't a little person? She just had a regular sized friend who really hated little people jokes. No, her friend was there. A little person was there. I'm really not comfortable with that term, but uh, it's allegedly better than the other one. Someone with dwarfism was there. That's not good either. A uh, small statured American. Uh, I learned her name was Lydia later. But anyway, I laughed at her. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Actually, I said, oh, well, there goes my 30 minutes about little people. I was just joking around. I'm not the kind of comic who makes fun of people unless they uh, deserve it. So uh, Lydia's there with her mom. By the way, well, I'll, I'll tell that part later. Uh, Lydia's there with her mom. I didn't know that yet. Lydia's pretty drunk. The little person is big drunk. <laughs> uh, also, it does look adorable. She had like a she had a bottle of wine, and it was like I mean that's don't drink all that. It looked like if I held up a water jug from an office and I was drinking that, you know, that's a bit that's a lot that's a lot to drink. But she was great. She was really fun. Uh, she was a little drunk, but it was that kind of show. We were chatting and. Uh, so I bring up my kids at one point. Uh, I bring up the old wife and premises uh, so I can do a couple of old chuckles about my uh, my kids. I said I had three. And and that's when uh, Lydia volunteered that she was the youngest of seven. Okay. Good people who listen to this podcast, and a few of you who are terrible, terrible people. What goes through your mind when someone with dwarfism says, I am the youngest of seven? I thought she was fucking with me. I thought this was like her cute, like, seven dwarfs joke. And then, uh... Come to find out, she was not. It was not a joke. She was the youngest of seven, and it had never occurred to her in her life that a dwarf who is who is a part of seven siblings, a dwarf in a family of seven, it had never occurred to her that that could be a Snow White reference. And so, uh, what a fun moment. What a fun moment uh, for all of us in a Stanwood shop. Youngest of seven. Youngest of seven. Yes. <laughs> that can't possibly be true. That's is that your mom? You. The little person just told me. Yes. <laughs> You're the youngest of seven, yes. but it's actually true. You're, it's true. Okay, I thought you were giving me like some sort of like. 
thought this was your joke at parties. Like, yeah, I got the youngest of seven. Sleepy's not here, but you know. I'm so glad it's true, because I had no idea where to go with that. I'm not going to bullshit you. When a, a little person tells you, you they're one of seven, you're like, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts right now. Had this never occurred to you in your life? Mom, it occurred to you. I can't believe I'm the first person to notice. you were bullshitting me. I'm not even kidding. I was like, very funny. I get it. I get it. You know what? I should leave now. Open the doors. Open the doors. Just... Oh, boy. I think I just changed your next family gathering. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I What's that? No, I didn't change your name. I don't... What is your name? I apologize. Lydia. Lydia. Okay. Makes sense. Well, Lydia, uh, <clears throat> I don't remember a lot of shows, but I'm going to fucking remember this one. You so innocently looked at me like, what are you even? <laughs> I mean, this... <laughs> this should have come up a long time ago. Um, I'm sorry it had to be me, but... <laughs> I feel like your mom is like, I can't believe she just noticed. I think I have to start over. Uh, uh, I know that audio was terrible, but it sounded better in the room, but I had it. I had my phone like on top of the speaker, so it sounded pretty bad. But man, I honest to God, I was like, yeah, youngest of seven. I got you. I see what you're doing here. Uh, but fun night. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be doing all these. I'm glad to be in a shed. I'm glad to be doing these backyard things. It's keeping me busy. I mean, you know, backyard season's about to end. Uh, tomorrow I do a wedding. Um, it's in the afternoon. That's, I can't even remember where that is, but that's a two and a half hour drive too. But, uh, I'm a little nervous about that one because uh, I'm a surprise. And, uh, you know, comedians aren't the best surprise. Uh, famous people are a surprise. But, like, a funny comedian that you're the only one who knows who they are is less exciting. You know, I mean, if the surprise at the wedding was, like, ladies and gentlemen, uh... Chris Rock, people would lose their goddamn minds. But if you're like, 
Ladies and gentlemen, Gabriel Rutledge. He's a comedian. My wife and I saw once. He's very funny. Keep it going for him. It's less. So uh, I'm doing it. He's paying me. Uh, but I have to kind of like... Uh, the dad is marrying his daughter. That's not the right sentence. His, he's officiating his daughter's wedding. That's We might be going to the woods, but we're not going that far into the woods. Uh, and so they told him they wanted him to do something fun. So what he's doing, I don't he's doing a few things and then he's calling me up there and I'm doing 20 to 30 minutes of jokes. Um, so I hope that goes well. More than I hope a regular comedy show goes well because, you know, even tonight I have a bad show in uh, a Stanwood, Washington shed. Eh, Fine. I have a bad show at a wedding. That is talked about forever. Do you remember when Dad got that comedian? He the only one who knew he was. You remember when Dad got that really unfamous comedian like it was a big surprise? And then he bombed in front of Grandma? Uh, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I don't want to be part of a family's lore uh, in a bad way. Uh, I think it'll be my fourth or fifth wedding, and they've they've all gone decent to great, so I'm hoping I keep my streak going. Uh, hey, remember when I used to work comedy clubs? <laughs> Holy shit, those were the days. I actually, next week. Uh, next week, I'm, 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 I'm in, uh, well, actually, this week, since this comes out on Monday. Little Rock, Arkansas, the loony bin. Uh, August 11 to 14. Uh, because people who don't get vaccinated need to laugh too. That's the name of my new tour. I had some shows cancel. Um, because of COVID. Uh, actually, one of them shaky for in a couple weeks, and then I had. A weekend in Illinois cancel for in October, and I had another wedding. God, what has happened to my career? I had another wedding scheduled in October, and uh, that guy texted me and said, "Hey, we had a family member get COVID. We're thinking with all this Delta variant, we're just gonna cancel it." Of course, my first thought was like, "It's in October. Don't you think your family member will be better by October?" But uh, of course, you know, I didn't, he offered to give me money too, like a cancellation fee, but I, you know, it's fine. Uh, maybe I should have taken a cancellation fee. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. What choice do I have? It's just me. Uh, I'm having a hard time with the shows being canceled. Again, it's not, it's. So far, it's been two. I, I, I'm kind of thinking Dubai might cancel. I'm supposed to go there in September. They keep assuring me it's going to happen. Um, and I'm fine with it happening, but also if it canceled, I'd be like, well, maybe that's for the best. And it's not even that I'm particular. Obviously, I don't want COVID. But it's not even that I'm particularly... The thing I'm worried about is getting COVID in Dubai. Because what the fuck do I do? 
just hang out there? Do I quarantine in Dubai? Am I, am I on my own if I have to quarantine in Dubai? That's a place I can't afford to go on Priceline and find a hotel. So that worries me some. Um, you know, obviously I have the same problem if I get sick in Little Rock, Arkansas, but it's a little more manageable than in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, so that's, if that did cancel, I'd be like, eh, okay, you know, uh, I guess I wouldn't have any comedy for a couple weeks, but like, oh, maybe that's for the best. But this is, I think what the, what's happening to me right now, um, is PTSD, not, I mean, that word gets associated with really bad things like, you know, soldiers and abuse survivors, but it, you know. It, it can be less serious things. I learned that in counseling. Um, <laughs> and uh, just waking up to emails and text messages that say your show is canceled because of COVID just takes me back to a very bad place. Uh, you know, in March 2020, my whole fucking life fell apart. And that's not happening now yet but just you know I had a good couple of months where I just didn't worry about COVID you know just like hey I'm vaccinated I'm probably not even going to get it if I do get it it's not that big a deal that switched from I'm probably not going to get it to now I'm just like even if I do get it which I probably will it won't be that serious um, so that's a little less of a relaxed place mentally, but also I'm back to, I'm back to like, I'm back to worrying about the future. I'm back to like, Oh God, what's next? I'm back to, uh, what's the next variant? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> because I, I'm not an expert in any way, but it seems like with the Delta variant, you know, it'll peak and then it'll go down. I mean, you know, in India, where they were literally burning bodies in the streets, they're, like, actually doing decent now. So it's like, uh, I think at some point it will go down here. But then I'm like, well, what's next in the fucking Greek alphabet of hell that totally eludes vaccines? You know. So I'm trying to go back to thinking day to day, which we had to do in 2020. In 2021, I kind of allowed myself to think about the future. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's just hard. It's hard to be like, yeah, we're canceling this. I thought we were retiring. I thought I would never have to hear the phrase out of, out of an abundance of caution again. But, uh, I already had a show canceled again out of an abundance of caution. Um, but also at the same time, I still feel like, you know, in 2020, I had a lot of, should I go to this show? Is this the right thing to do? Uh, am I being irresponsible? And I wasn't the only one with those thoughts. People were telling me I was being irresponsible. Not directly, but just like, you know. People on social media, like anyone touring or doing anything is irresponsible and they're going to kill my grandma. 
Uh, but that, I do not feel that way anymore, even though I've been watching the news too much lately, and the shaming is back. They're like, oh, look at Lollapalooza. Look at this super spreader event. Look at this. Oh, Obama's going to have a birthday party at his house during during Delta variant? How we respond? I'm like, oh, I thought we were done with the shaming. Can't we just focus on shaming people who didn't get vaccinated? <laughs> I'm more comfortable with that. I kind of get not getting vaccinated. I get it less now. Uh, as time goes on, unless you're just deep into internet bullshittery, you kind of have to be like, well, I haven't seen any wild side effects yet. Especially when they, you know, if they reported on the side effects of aspirin every day, you'd be like, fuck, that sounds unsafe too. Uh, but I do, I kind of get the idea of like, maybe they rushed this, maybe it's, I I did it because I, I, I did it early as possible, just out of hopefulness and also, I was going to say patriotic duty, but it's not even about country. It's just about, this is what, if this is what we have to do to get life somewhat back to normal, let's fucking do it. Uh, and I suppose there's the possibility that everyone who didn't get vaccinated is going to feel real smart someday. But, I don't think so. And I do wonder... Because it's weird, on Fox News a couple weeks ago, every single host started talking about how everyone should be vaccinated. Like, they were told we're about to get sued. Uh, so that that was really weird, where everyone... T- and I also wonder... This is a bipartisan question. Uh, the amount of Republicans versus Democrats that have died from coronavirus... I bet there's, there might be numbers on it, but I'm betting it's two to one. Like, Republicans, I mean, it's 600-something thousand people total, so it's not in a, in a country of, uh, you know, what is it, 310 billion or whatever. It's still, I understand that it's not maybe a huge factor, but it's like, you're... You're kind of losing your voter base, Republicans. Is that why you're finally telling people to get vaccinated? I don't, I don't know. I get that big pharma is not the greatest people to put your uh, hope in. But I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh. We do it for everything else. You know, one of my kids, whatever, getting measles vaccines when they were little, I wasn't like, is this Pfizer? Is this fucking Pfizer? I don't trust them. You know. Uh, But, you know, I get the idea that, like, being distrustful of uh, pharmaceutical companies and the U.S. government I get that idea, but I just mean at this point, 
you know, when it's, well, for a while they were like, 99.5% of the people who died in the last month were unvaccinated. And I think that number's, it's more like 95% were unvaccinated. But still, that's some pretty tough math. I know you're on the dark web. Uh, <laughs> talking to, everyone's a doctor. Everyone's a, you know, everyone's a doctor. Uh, but that's, that's some pretty harsh math to have to uh, deal with. Uh, and I don't know, I got to stop watching the news because it doesn't help. And I get, you know, obviously there's more and more cases. I have a couple of couple people on my Facebook timeline were vaccinated and they have it. They're okay. They're okay. You know, no one's in real bad shape, uh, which is kind of the point I was making last podcast. I promise I'm not going to talk about coronavirus next podcast, but the way they report things on the news, clearly there's more cases than before. Clearly some mask mandates are coming back. I know Vegas is, there's not crowd limitations or, or capacity restrictions, but it's like, you have to wear a mask indoors now. That's probably going to happen until this shit blows over if it does. Um, but so I'm not saying like nothing is happening because more people are getting it, but they have this big graphic. Uh, on the side of any news channel that's just like, whatever, it's the numbers and it's, they love the percents. It'll be like the rolling seven day average of deaths is up 41% from two weeks ago or a week ago. And don't get me wrong, that's bad. Everyone, every, all of those deaths are a tragedy. But to say coronavirus deaths are up 41% when that means they went from 200-something to 490-something is a little bit uh, fear-based. That's a little bit grandiose. Yes, deaths are up, but, like, again, I th that was a day, not a week, but, it, you know, I wish less people were dying from coronavirus, but if it's 400-something a day in a nation of 300 and whatever, 6 million or something, it's like not. I'm not sure that's shut down the country worthy. And I don't know if anyone's suggesting we do, but uh, just the fear-based media is, uh, it's really rough. But they don't have Trump to talk about it anymore, and they didn't have coronavirus for a few months, so I, you can just see their news boners. They're so excited. They're so excited to have some bad news to talk about. Uh, so again, I'm not, you know, I know people are catching it. I know vaccinated people are catching it also, although they're less likely, and it's much less likely to be serious, but it's still... Um, I don't know. It's like one guy who shut down a show that I might be doing in a couple weeks. He's like, you know, out of an abundance of caution, I'm going to shut down the show. And people are commenting like, that's smart. Good. You're doing the right thing. And I just don't. 
I didn't feel this way April 2020. But now, I'm like, if you don't want to go out, don't go out. If you do, do. I, I know there's a line, and I know some hospitals are getting overwhelmed. Uh, I don't know how many, but I know some are. But it's like, I don't... To shut down, to cancel shows, because 500 people a day are dying from coronavirus in the country, it seems odd. It seems really weird. So I guess I kind of lost my point, but I don't feel any guilt or indecision about traveling for my job right now because we're at, we're at a different point where this is what I do and what choice do I have? I don't want to deliver groceries anymore, you know? And that's what's in the back of my mind when my shows start canceling. Is, you know, and I hate, I didn't hate delivering groceries for Walmart. I was actually grateful. It got me through some tough times. Um, I don't even mean money wise, I just mean it got me out of the house. Tough times is what I call my family. No, I needed the money. I didn't get unemployment for long. I needed the money. I'm grateful I got to do that job. I don't want to do it again. Uh, so it's hard. I just want it to be done like we all do. And uh, it's not. It's not. And I hate that feeling of looking at my calendar of things I have booked and being like, well, I hope this shit happens. Uh, or the feeling of like, should I even try to get more bookings right now, as weird as things are? And I'm not there yet, but it's like, like I said, it's a little bit of PTSD. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit, uh, it freaks me out a little bit that it, on a small scale, it happened again. You know, I did it, similar feelings, um, familiar in a bad way, you know, and I don't think it's going to get that bad. I don't think, I just don't think, I don't, I haven't heard about, um, any areas doing capacity restrictions, any states doing that. There might be, but I haven't heard of it. Even Vegas, where it's, I'm not working there till next, till January again, but it's like, if it was a full room and they all had masks on until they sat down, <laughs> okay, fine. Like, I don't want to wear a mask, but I will wear a mask. I'm probably going to start wearing it more. You know? Um... So that, you know, but when we get back into the capacity business, that's where, uh, that's where it really affects what I do for a living. It affects it now. I ne I've never made it 100% back yet. I feel like 2022, I could. I got some stuff on the calendar already that makes me feel like I could have a good year. Um, but it's hard. I didn't think we were going to go backwards. I didn't think, I'm like, hey, I'm building my career back up and uh, sure I'm doing a lot more backyards than uh, comedy clubs but whatever I'm just thrilled to be working again and blah 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 and then you know 
the coronavirus future is all sunny, and then it's like, well, maybe it's not, and uh, it's stressful. But maybe it won't last long. I mean, maybe, you know, whatever, in a couple weeks, the numbers start going down again. Maybe people stop worrying about it so much. Um, maybe that's what's sort of next, is it's like, you know, it's like the weather. Well, we're going to wear a mask for a couple months. Oh, we don't have to wear them now. Uh, we'll take the summer off, wear the mask again. And the... Also, uh, part of my anxiety, I'm back to worrying about my kids. I'm back to, you know, was like, even if I have to wear masks, at least my kids will get to go to school, have a somewhat normal school year. And, uh, you know, and now I'm like, I hope, you know, if there's a breakout at the school, it'll probably have to shut down. Just the thought of having to do online school again is, uh, you know, it's bad for me, but I think my kids would just lose it if they were told they had to do online school again. Um, but, you know, I have all of his 10. She's not vaccinated. So, again, this none of these things have happened yet, but the, uh, the anxiety is back. Let the good times roll. But, yeah, and, you know, it's... Uh, Christy working at the school is... Uh, for a minute, I thought maybe... I thought maybe the older kids would get to go back to school without masks, like if they were vaccinated, but uh, that's certainly not going to happen. And that kind of sucks. I don't know. I feel this way about uh, the news and also just scare tactic social media. Uh, you know, if almost 2,000 people a day die from heart disease. I assume it's similar to that for cancer. Maybe more. I don't know. Maybe less. But they don't put that graphic up, though. They don't have, like, a rolling thing on CNN that's, like, just lost another one to heart disease. Uh, and I know heart disease and cancer are not contagious. So I, I understand that. It is different. But, again, it's just, like, you know, if we we have to live with coronavirus, hopefully in a less and less scary way, but we have to live with coronavirus, the media is not helping. Uh, by saying, deaths are up 50%. And it's 200 extra people. Which ain't nothing, don't get me wrong, it's still shitty. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if, if we all had our own personal news station... Like, we all had our own whatever. The Gabriel Rutledge Fox Channel or the Gabriel Rutledge CNN, and it was just for me. And it was, this is how I feel about when people are like, will the planet be uninhabitable? I can't say that word. Uh, inhabitable. And whatever, fill in the blank. Honestly, I think it was supposed to be uninhabitable by now from when I was a kid, but uh, whatever. Pick a thing, 50 years, 100 years, or a giant earthquake under Yellowstone will take you out, or 
whatever, coronavirus. If, let's just say I'm fortunate enough to live an average lifespan. Let's say I die from heart disease. I don't know what an average lifespan is. Let's say I die from heart disease at age 79. But if every single day I turned on Gabriel Rutledge CNN, they were like, ticking time bomb. Only a matter of time before you, Gabriel Rutledge, has his heart give out. How many more years does he have? 30? 40? At best? Yeah, I'd be pretty freaked out. But that's what we all do as a collective. Is we're just obsessed with the worst case scenario, and sometimes the worst case scenario comes true. I didn't think COVID would be a thing because I thought it would be like Ebola or whatever, but that was true for some people. But it's, do you know what I mean? It's like that shit can't be good for us. I don't know what the non-technology version of that would be. Just a person in your tribe who kept telling you the weather was going to kill you. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think our, our brains are wired for anxiety anyway. That's how we stay alive as people where you're like, was that a snake? Is that, did I hear a tiger growl in the jungle? You know, that's what keeps us alive. But when it's just constant, you're going to die. Every day, every time you turn on a TV or click on a link or, you know. And there's people who take such great delight in their pessimism. And I'm not an optimist. But, I don't know, I guess I just don't want to know on some level. I mean, you, you look, maybe we should be changing our behavior for things like uh, global warming. I'm fine with that idea. But, you know, what good does it do? That's a science problem. What, I don't know, I'm not suggesting they don't teach it in school, but what good does it do to tell my children they're fucked? If they are fucked, what are they going to say? At least I knew about it early? Thank God I always knew the planet was going to be on fire by the time I was old? Same with, like, a school shooter drill that they always have to do. Is it? Obviously, uh, America is great at school shooters. It's kind of our thing. But still, the odds that a school shooter is going to be at your particular school are still uh, pretty extreme. Aren't you just freaking the grade schoolers out? When you're telling first graders and kindergartners, now if there was a bad man with a gun, we put all our desks up against the door and then we hide and turn off the lights. Is the anxiety and angst that you're giving these children 
let's be honest. If there's a school shooter, it's going to be fucking panic and pandemonium. I don't think any six-year-old is going to be like, I remember what the teacher said. I know what to do. I don't know. I'm trying to live my life in that line between stupidity and over-anxiousness. Just hang out somewhere in the middle. I don't want to be so dumb I assume everything's going to work out because that is historically wildly inaccurate. It can't be good. It's just, it can't be. It's a, in the history of the world, this is probably a decent time to be alive, coronavirus aside. But that unique, this is, a, I think, it's got a very unique time with technology and uh, uh, media and this has got to be the most <laughs> mental illness that any society has ever had is right now. It, how can you not be anxious if you're on Facebook, Twitter, and you watch the news? Or whatever. You watch YouTube videos because you think they have the shit figured out that they're not telling you on the news. That's not a less anxious life either. That's a more anxious life. I got an email. I won't say who it was from. Because uh, I don't know. They didn't tell me if I could. But <laughs> he'd been listening. He's been listening to this bullshit that I call a podcast for a long time. Different versions. And he, he said he noticed I say... Uh, I say, you know, because I'm human. Like, I get scared sometimes, you know, because I'm a human. Uh, and I do say that phrase a lot, but he, he, he said, uh, is it because you're an alien? Uh, that is what it sounds like. I enjoy parties with fellow humans, you know, because I'm human. I got an old man complaint. I was thinking about this. There's a lot of businesses you go to. And they have a... Like a square up... What do they call that? Point of sale. A square up... Uh, I almost said cash register. Like I'm a thousand. It's not, like I have a square up I use on my phone. But this is like a big square. Uh, what are, it's not... Well, it is point of sale, but what am I thinking of? Terminal? God, I'm a moron. Uh, anyway, you go to a restaurant or whatever. They, they flip the, the screen at you and they go, put your card in, whatever. And I, I got some, I, I, I thought about this. It's happened a couple times recently, but I got some, uh, at a coffee shop it happened in Hawaii. And then I got some pizza the other day. And on the screen, it's like, whatever, this is your total... Would you like to tip 20%, 30%, And look, if this is a sit-down restaurant, yeah, for sure I'll tip 20%. But I don't know, do you tip 20% at a coffee shop? I guess it depends how you look at it. Because sometimes I'll buy a coffee that's $2 and then I'll tip a dollar 
So that's a 33% tip according to my math. But, like, when we were in Hawaii, I don't know, we got, like, a bunch of shit. I, I don't know, I think... I usually just put my change in, or a dollar if I get a coffee. 20%. And then in the, the pizza, I got it to go. I called it in, I came and I picked it up. Like, if I had cash, I would have put two bucks in. But it was like uh, $30 worth of pizza. And so I didn't really want to tip $6 for me to pick it up from their window. Am I being cheap? Am I just an asshole? So next to all the percents you can tip, it says, or other. So I hit other because I was just going to put a couple bucks in. And then it's like, do you want to cancel this transaction? No. I hit other again. Do you want to cancel this transaction? So I tip 20%, which is fine. I'm not, you know. It's okay, but I just feel like I'm a, I tip. I've been in jobs where I've survived on tips. I always tip. But I just think 20% to pick up a pizza is very high. Uh, I don't know, a to-go order, you're like, whatever. One to five dollars, right? It's not like they had to keep coming back to my table to uh, bring more and more ranch or anything. Maybe I should put a tip option on my square reader on my phone. I don't know, it seems presumptuous. Uh, but people tip me, a lot of, you know, I sell the book for 15 bucks, a lot of people give me 20 and say keep it or whatever, so that is a tip, technically. Uh, but I don't know, if I like, if someone was buying it, if I was buying a t-shirt for someone for $20, and then on the screen it said, would you like to tip, I'd be like, come on, give me a break. But, honestly, uh, the guy who shed I was in tonight, I'm not, okay, should I say this? I'm not saying this in a braggadocious way. I'm saying this in almost like a, I'm embarrassed and humbled and grateful way. But he said, he bought, uh, he bought some stuff from me and he was like, is there a tip option? And I said, no. And then, so he said, make it for $250. He, He gave me, he did. He tipped me $250, which is, like, ridiculous. And I almost felt really embarrassed, but I'm also like, yeah, I will take your $250. I tried to give him more merch. I'm like, take all you want. He's like, no, I'm good. Dang. Now I really feel like an asshole with those back-to-back stories. I'm saying I don't want to tip 20%. On a to-go pizza, and this guy, this guy tipped me two fifty because he had a good night. Oh, I really am an asshole. It's funny. Rich people always think they're good tippers, and I'm sure some some of them are. Uh, like I don't. I I tip at a. Uh, 
a hotel. I mean, usually I don't have anyone come in. Uh, it's not their business what goes on in there until I leave. Uh, I don't have anyone come into the hotel till I leave. Uh, and then I, look, occasionally I don't have cash. I actually wish hotels would let you tip digitally. I would love that. Because I don't always have cash. And then it's like, I don't, you know. But I'll leave five bucks. I'll leave ten bucks if it's, you know. Uh, I mean, it's a lot harder to clean a fucking hotel room than it is to pour my black coffee with no room. Uh, but it's funny because, like, my mother-in-law, when we were in Hawaii, she was like, and I tipped the, uh, I tipped house cleaping. House cleaping? Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually, I was going to say housekeeping, but I bet she said the maid. Uh, knowing her, but she was like, I tip them very well. And then Christy was like, well, what's very well? And she was like, $5 a day, <laughs> which I think is fine. I actually Googled it and that's, it's like a standard amount, but it's also very funny that it was like, there, trust me, you want towels, they're coming. I greased the palms a little bit. Five bucks a day will get you places here in Hawaii. I thought that was kind of funny. I thought she was going to say she's tipping 20 bucks a day or something. I actually tipped the guy 20 bucks uh, for bringing all of our luggage up to the room because I couldn't give him nothing, and all I had was a 20. So I'm like, well, I'll give you the 20. It's vacation. It's not real money anyway. But I actually don't, I don't like that. We had enough suitcases that it was kind of worth doing, but I don't. If I, if I go to a nice hotel, I've had this discussion with other comedians. Really, really nice hotels are kind of a pain in the ass on the road. You really don't want any... If, as a comedian, you don't want anything better than a Holiday Inn Express. Because they're nice. They have a breakfast. It's fine. But, like, you go to a nice hotel and they jump on you. And they're like, beg to your room, sir? I'm like, no, I don't... No. I might be in a nice hotel, but I don't have beg to my room budget right now. Uh, and I don't want to be a dick and have you bring my one and a half bags up to my room and then not tip you. So we're going to make it awkward here in the lobby and I'm going to turn you down. Also, I don't know what turn down service is. They have that in nice hotels too. I don't, something to do with your sheets or they fluff up your bed or I don't, it just seems unnecessary. Uh, yeah, I'd like to turn down service, please. What? I've only been in a few hotels that had it. There was like, there's a hotel in Spokane that has a button you hit if you want turn down service. I should just fucking hit it and see what happens. I don't even know what happens. Maybe you hit the turn down service and someone knocks on your door and they're like, I wouldn't fuck you if you were the last person on earth. Like, oh, thank you. This is excellent turndown service. I'll also say this about the old, uh, the Cove, the vid, COVID 20. We, in some ways, even though I was just talking shit about people not getting vaccinated, uh, 
we have to stop moralizing. You know, in the sense, whatever. If a bunch of vaccinated people want to go watch the Foo Fighters, they were told they got to. That's what... They got vaccinated. I think you had to be vaccinated to go to Lollapalooza or whatever. I think that was the deal. So it's like, yeah, they're outside. They're at a concert. Why? Everyone two weeks ago said it was fine. Now it's not. And you're like, oh, look at him. Bunch of idiots. We got to stop doing that. And we also have to stop. What? One of the one of the people I know who got corona. I don't I don't know her well at all, but she's one of my Facebook friends. And she got coronavirus. A couple of people in her family did. She was vaccinated. She's she got sick, but I think she's okay. But it was like I should have been safer. I should have stopped. I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't taking care of myself. I should have been taking my vitamins. Uh, I should have been meditating more. I'm like, you don't deserve COVID. You didn't get COVID because you forgot to take your vitamins and you're, you know, it's not a personal failure to get COVID. Just like there's no morality to the flu, you're not like, I'm ashamed to admit I got the flu. I had a flu shot. I thought I was being safe. In hindsight, I should have been doing better self-care. My diet could have been better. What do we... I mean, it's just a random germ that you run into, right? It's just a virus. All right, this is getting depressing. Oh, I should say, uh, I have a new book out. It's not the big book that I've been trying to work on, uh, but I uh, I wrote a children's book for adults or just kids who like swearing. Uh, and it's called, There's No Fucking Way You're Getting a Pony. And uh, man, four years ago, I just had this silly little idea, and I wrote it, uh, and then Christy took pictures with Olive, so like every page is me and Olive, basically, and some doing something, and uh, she took pictures, and we were like, well, maybe we can, I don't know, like do effects and sort of make it look like artwork, and that turned out terrible and we forgot about it for a while and eventually I paid an artist uh, Leedy Corbin is her name she did a great job Uh, she did art of the pictures also turns out she was like a child actress maybe she's still an actress Um, anyway uh, and then I gave it to my friend Eric do the layout for it because he just does a better job and he made the cover and he does a better job on that shit than I would ever do. Uh, but it took him a while. So four years, four years to make a 24 page children's book. Uh, 
And it's the, the hilarious thing is like Olive is in the book, but she's like four years older. She, you know, she was six or seven, and now she's ten. So it's like not even the same kid anymore. Um, but it's a cute little, uh, it's a cute book. Check it out. Uh, if you follow me on any social media, I put out some little video and uh, been promoting it. And I've already made $1.2 million. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. One or $2. Uh, I know a bunch of people bought it who listen to this podcast just because you commented you did. So I appreciate that. I hope you enjoy it. Um, it's uh, It took so long. This is what happens with any project of mine. Yours too, but mine, you know, an album, a uh, uh, a book, especially like my other book or the one I'm writing now. Like by the time you finish it, you have lost all concept of whether it's good or entertaining or funny or anything because it's just. You know, you've just stared at it and read it and listened to it a thousand times. And you just hit the point where you're like, I have no idea what this even is anymore. I used to think it was good, so I hope that was true. Uh, We'll see. But I do like making shit. (laughs) That makes me feel good. Comedy's not a very tangible business sometimes. Uh, so it's nice to have actual tangible things. I made an album. I made a book. I made a children's book. Uh, it's kind of nice to have those things instead of just like, I made a bunch of people laugh over and over again in different locations. Uh, I made a thing. Um, so buy, there's plenty of digital copies available. Uh, it is on Kindle too, but... Also, I did, just for uh, shits and giggles, I made my, uh, I made Happiness Isn't Funny, True Stories of a Road Comic, Uh, my other, I guess I can say now, my first book, Um, I made it free on Kindle for a week, just because why not, they let you do that for promo purposes, I, (laughs) I was going to say I sold, it's not selling when it's free, 1,400 people downloaded it. In a week. And I know that's not all from me just promoting it. It must have, you know, I guess people who have Kindles, it must be like, hey, you want some free books? 1,400! I was very surprised at that number. So that's kind of cool. I'm not giving away, uh, there's no fucking way you're getting a pony for free. Just, you know. I gotta make my money back. I had to pay the artist. Oh! Lydia and her mom. That's... They, uh, <clears throat> afterwards I was talking to them and they said that, that, you know, we sort of talked about what had happened during the show and they said, we're going to put that on our TikTok channel. I guess the mom and the daughter have a TikTok channel with 700,000 followers. I should have asked them, uh, the name of the channel because I... I wasn't able to find it. I tried to look. <clears throat> but man, 700,000. Holy shit. That makes my 116,000 look like dog shit. 
Uh, I might sound the same as I've always sounded on this podcast, but I am uh, I'm a TikTok bad boy now because I've had a uh, I've had some videos removed for community standard violations. <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really, I, it happens to a lot of people. I, it's happening more and more, uh, and it's so, you know, I don't know who runs TikTok, a robot in China? It's not even the people, you know, it's, so I know specifically a lot of stand-up comedians, and I think other people that just, like, your videos get, I had the audio removed from a couple of them, uh, for violations, and then I put it. I put them back up again the next day with the audio again. And then one of them got a community. It it got taken down for nudity and sexual content, which I was just telling jokes with clothes on. I don't. And so I appealed and I thought, well, for sure I'll win this appeal. I don't know if you guys have been on TikTok. There's some crazy shit on there. There's some pretty inappropriate things on there. Uh, you know, I'm, I have stuff showing up on my For You page that's like, top three things about having sex with your sister. I'm like, this one stayed up? This one stayed up, but not my jokes? Okay. So I thought for sure I would win the appeal, but I did not. I, it, 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 I lost the appeal, so that video's gone. Uh, and it was, you know, it was at, I don't know what, 500,000 views or something. Uh... I mean, it is a joke about having to, it's a really old joke about my son, having to teach my son to not put stuff in his butt and having to tell him at the dinner table, no, we don't play with our penis while we're eating dinner. So technically, yes, it mentions nudity, it mentions genitals and children, but like in context, it is totally appropriate. It's PG-13 at worst, Uh, but gone. And but it, I don't even think the content matters because I, you know, the more successful you get, there's people with six, seven million followers and they've been like banned three or four times and they get to come back. And, uh, my other, I had another video get taken down. Uh, if you're familiar with my act, uh, it's the joke where my daughter sees me getting out of the shower and she says, your vagina is gross. So again, technically, children and nudity and the same thing. But also, you know, that one hurt because I put that one up and it got 500,000 views in less than five hours, which is like way faster than anything else I'd ever done. So that was on track for like a couple of million probably. Uh, but that got taken down. Uh, I do have a video over a million um, that's still up. I mean, I'm still gaining followers, but it, I don't know. It's just a part of... I had to consult with uh, Todd Royce. I think Todd Royce XXL on TikTok because uh, he, he's he got, I don't know, six, 700,000 followers. He's almost got mom and dwarf followers. He's doing real good. But I, had to, I asked him about like, strategies or what I'm supposed to do or should I put him back up and you know he's been shadow banned a bunch of times it's just like a thing you have the more successful you get on TikTok the 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 harder it is and I don't 
uh, it feels really stupid to care. I don't like the feeling of being like, oh, oh no, my video got taken down. Because it's really changed nothing about my life yet. Uh, but it's also like, okay, if I'm at 116,000 followers, uh, you know, if I'm at 300,000 or four, I see other comedians and I see it positively impact their career. So it's not ludicrous to be like, if I reach a certain point on TikTok, it could be good for my career, but it just feels so stupid because it, it can just get taken away. You know, there's, there's people on TikTok with, you know, millions and millions of followers who, like, make money, a lot of money, especially if they, like, do ads and, or, or, like, product placement or that kind of shit, uh, or they sell t-shirts or who knows what they do. But it's like, if their TikTok account is gone, they're done. You can try to get the people to follow you to YouTube or whatever, uh, but, you know, so that part feels silly. And it also feels silly because like in two years, no one will be on TikTok anyway, probably. Uh, but you know, so I, I do, I do hate the feeling of like, oh, they took my video down. That one was going to do good. Like that's how stupid. I also had one taken down for, uh, uh, copyright violation. That one was a 950,000 copyright violation of my own fucking copyright. So that, that was annoying, too. I think I could put that one back up. Uh, I I learned. I done some research. That's another thing. I spent time researching TikTok. Good Lord, I have a family. <laughs> what am I doing? <clears throat> but uh, I guess one, like, hack or workaround, a little uh, TikTok tip, is uh, if you put up... Because TikTok, I don't even think they want comedy to be the thing they're known for. They want you to, like, use their songs that they have listed. So, you know, uh, and you lip sync to them or whatever. But so if you put a track, if you put, like, whatever, any music over your comedy video, but then you turn the volume to zero so you can still hear your video, I guess that sort of hides from the algorithm because they're like, nothing to see here. It's an orchestral version of springtime and whatever. Uh, so I, I, I did do that. My last few videos, I did do that. And they are both up so far. But maybe that's a hack that will close soon. But anyway, uh, I noticed a lot of comedians are doing that. Uh, but man, it feels silly. Feels feels silly to tell my wife, like... Had another video taken down. Like, it's a real thing. Because it is a real thing. But it's like, it's the stupidest. Ugh. I had someone comment that uh, they saw me on TikTok. They commented, I saw you at a gas station. And I couldn't figure out where I knew you from. And it was TikTok. Uh, that would have been pretty wild. Because I'm used to people approaching me and saying, I saw you do comedy somewhere. Didn't I see you at a shed in Stanwood a few years ago? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but to be like, I follow you on TikTok, that would have thrown me. That would have been uh, interesting. 
stupid TikTok. Uh, my daughter Maisie had a play today uh, that I watched this afternoon, which is always nice. I have not been able to attend every play. Uh, so luckily they had a matinee showing today that I got to go to. It was at, it was at a place called the uh, South Bay Grange Hall, uh, which is in Olympia. And I did... I didn't really put it together till I went there today, <laughs> but my band played that South Bay Grange Hall, uh, and it was a wedding. My God, I've always played weddings. Time is a flat circle, man. Uh, my so I worked at Dirty Dave's Pizza. This is when I was like nineteen, maybe twenty, and. We played after hours, after work one time. And then someone who worked there was like, hey, I'm getting married in a couple weeks. Do you, do you want to play my wedding? And uh, to say we were not a hit at the wedding would be a vast understatement. Uh, because, again, a wedding band, you want, I don't know, you you want some romantic songs or you want, Wedding songs. You don't want a punk rock band at your wedding unless you're punk rock. I don't. It was a terrible idea that she even asked us to do it. Uh, but you know, her grandma's there and shit. And you know, my band at the time, I mean, massive. What we lacked in talent, we made up for in volume. I mean, just stacks of of, of guitar amps and you know. Most of our songs, the chorus was, Wah! yeah, you don't want a punk rock band at your wedding. You know, <laughs> the, the bride and groom will now enjoy their first dance. Now the father will join the bride. Not a hit. So. Really not appropriate for a wedding. And so people, I mean, we just made people's ears bleed. And then I think they asked us to stop playing. And uh, so I had that fun, fun memory come back to me. Uh, watching my daughter uh, in a play. Uh, I'm glad my daughter got to do a play because she was doing Zoom plays. Like I was doing Zoom comedy. And that's pretty terrible. If you thought if you thought Zoom comedy was rough, uh, wait till you see Zoom Children's Theater uh, <laughs> from the makers of Awful. Now, now it's more awful. Uh, so they had to wear masks to do the play, which that was uh, obviously not ideal. And you could see, you know, just having to sing loudly with a mask, you could see them like they needed more air. I mean, it was not an ideal circumstance, but anyway, they did their best. And uh, it was fun to see. I'm, a, I'm very much a Little League dad uh, for my daughter's plays in the sense that, like, I want to talk to the coach and be like, how about a little playing time for my kid? Huh? Um, because I think she's pretty good. Maisie's, like, good at plays, but I, I don't know, 
I feel like she gets shitty parts. I'm not saying she should be Annie in the production of Annie every single time. But I just, I don't know. I think her height is a problem. I guess there's probably some plays where being small would be a benefit. But, like, you know, the six the six main characters of this particular play that I just watched today, if my daughter was one of them, she would have been a foot shorter than all of them. Uh, so, uh, you know... Uh, it's hard to, uh, I mean, my kids aren't good at a lot of things. That's a bad statement, but I just mean, like, you know, my son, uh, was terrible at sports when he played them. I mean, he actually has medical reasons for that. He had a doctor's note for why he sucked at sports. Uh, Olive loves soccer, but more for the social aspect. She's probably the worst player on the team. Doesn't affect her any. But Maisie, she also was not a great soccer player. Uh, so I'm watching her play. I'm like, holy shit, she's good. Like, let me enjoy this. Give her a good part. Do you, do you know how many goals I've watched my children let in in my life? Let me have this. Please give her a better part. Uh, but before the play... They had, uh, they had children's, well, the whole thing was children's, uh, but they had improv. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big fan of adult improv. I, I respect how difficult it is. Uh, you know, it's different. I mean, <laughs> when a little person says they're one, of seven, that's also improv, but that's different. That's stand-up comedy improv. Uh, the improv of like, give me an occupation, a place, and a, that's it's very difficult. And even when I see people really, really good at it, I still don't love it that much. Um, even like, whose line is it anyway, that show, that they used to just run on Comedy Central, uh, like they run Daniel Tosh now. Um, it, I mean, that's even probably an edited version, and I would watch it and be like so impressed that they're just making up songs. And but I was also like, I don't want to watch this. I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't. It's it's more impressive than enjoyable to me. So let me just say about any of the kids, if any of the parents of those kids happen to be listening to me right now, I am not judging. I am not. I'm just saying watching children's improv was excruciatingly painful and awkward. I mean, I had to do Lamaze breathing to get through this children's improv. You know, they're off on stage like, you know, like, oh, where are they off? They're a hockey team in Papua New Guinea, and they don't have a hockey puck. What are they going to do? Like, I brought a watermelon. What are we going to do? Let's squish the watermelon. Like, I just, I'm in the crowd like, <laughs> this will be over soon. Like turbulence in an airplane. I just close my eyes and tell myself this will all be over soon. Nothing to worry about. Just a couple of bumps. And you know what's worse? than no laughter 
is awkward forced laughter. And I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm an expert on what forced awkward laughter sounds like. <laughs> but, you know, it's parents and grandparents in the room, but everyone's trying to be encouraging. But it's just like we can't even understand what's happening. I mean, some of these kids are like nine. You know? No one can understand what's happening. So, like, a parent would be like, ha, 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 like trying to get a laugh going. And everyone else is like, we'd like to, but this is very confusing. Right now, they're they're playing hockey with a watermelon. We don't know. It's very confusing. Uh, and then some of the kids, like, you have to say something in an improv when it's your turn. You have to say something. <laughs> And a couple of kids would just stand there like, yeah, I got nothing right now. I got nothing. I don't know where Papua New Guinea is. Uh, I got nothing. All right, I should wrap this up. Uh, I don't even know where to tell you I am. I'll I'll put a link to uh, my new children's book uh, in the podcast notes. Uh, Also in the podcast notes, I will put... A link if you would like to support this podcast financially with a monthly donation. Uh, you can do that for as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, you can help me tip 20% on to-go pizza. Uh, I appreciate all you people who do that. And uh, I have any shows to talk about coming up? Little Rock, Arkansas, August 11 to 14. Uh, I don't know. GabrielRelich.com. All my dates. I think that's it. I feel like when I'm in the car podcasting, I'm just all over the place. Uh, which uh, makes sense. There's a lot of distractions. Any hoozles. This podcast is free and worth it. We're the Rutledges. Rutledges. We're the Rutledges. Rutledges. We're the Rutledges. We've got a podcast.